Who is the class of the NFC? Who are the bottom feeders? We're stacking the NFC teams entering the season today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Joe, are you aware of the glitch in the matrix that just happened there? I, I feel like you were a little bit frozen, but you're back. A lot, a lot of it frozen. I, I thought the whole studio was shutting down around me here. You're, I'm here glad now. to be here. I'm mentally prepared. Joe, sorry, we got to restart the record. Nope, we're good to go. I came back from the blip, and you're you're rolling through telling everybody about Bird Dog. So it's good well, to see you. One of my key things is I work through the introduction where I, I talk for about a minute and a half before you yeah. do, is I try not to look at you because I don't want to think about what you're doing. Um, you know, like I feel like it's probably awkward for you for that first 90 seconds to just be chilling right there. So I, I just make it about me and the words I got to say. And I, you know, I, I do try to have little Easter eggs for those of the folks who do join on YouTube and have little entertainment snippets along the way. So I'm not just uh, a talking head in the studio, but um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Week one of college football is in the books, like mm-hmm. completely in the books. Done. Uh, we are 48 hours ish away from the start of the NFL season for 2023, Detroit and Kansas City. Of course, Kansas City was our consensus number one team in the AFC uh, with the AFC power rankings that we did yesterday on the show. Today, we're doing NFC power rankings. Yes. Like I told you in the pre-show, first four teams, easy to stack. Bottom four teams, easy to stack. The middle, yeah. You thought the first four were easy. Yeah. I think it's pretty defined. Three were easy. Yeah, I feel good about four, though. Three, super easy. Four, I feel really good about. I have a feeling we probably have the same thing. And, and so what was fun was you and I, we, we've done both of these where we did the roster research project where it gives us these, these roster power rankings. And we finished the NFC last night, just like we did with the AFC. And we came up with the rankings and we did not consult one another. And yesterday we had a group of three teams, seven through nine, that were jostled in a different order, but the same group of three teams, one through six, were all the same. Then you go 10 through 13 and they're all exactly the same. And then 14 through 16 were just the same three teams jostled in a different order. So we largely see the AFC very, very similarly from a power ranking standpoint. I'm interested to see if the NFC, which I think is a little bit more of an agent of chaos because for the AFC there, there's all these group teams Highly competitive. The NFC, maybe not as, I don't want to say top heavy, but it's deep with playoff caliber teams in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is a little bit more of a chaotic conference right now. 
Yeah, I think there's probably 12 teams that think they got a real shot shot to make the playoffs. And and it's probably true, but not for the same reasons that there's probably 10 or 11 teams that feel that way on the AFC side. We can get the nine wins. We we might be able to get in there. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Case in point, the Bucs won the NFC South last year at eight and nine. Kyle, a lot of of fans out there think their team's winning 10 games this year. A lot of fans out there. You know, I'm not a math guy, but not every team in the NFL is going to win. Won't happen. Won't happen. Won't happen. So let's start with the top five. Yeah. Uh, You want mine? Yes, I do. And I want want you to tell me why anyone other than the Philadelphia Eagles should be first. Eagles are one. Yep. 49ers are two. Cowboys are three. Seattle is four. The Giants are five. Okay. So there are several storylines here that are playing out. Uh, I have Philadelphia one. I have Dallas at two. Ooh. San Francisco at three. Look, Nick Bosa show up. Is is Nick Bosa showing up to the facility today? It doesn't look like it. If Nick Bosa's here, San Francisco's two. Okay. But without Nick Bosa, that for me is where I have Dallas from a rest of roster standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would give the lean on a coin toss to San Francisco or or to Dallas over San Francisco. I also have Seattle at four. Okay. Talk about how much we like Seattle as a team. Here they are fourth on both of our lists. And then I have the New Orleans Saints at five. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. How let's, do you let, want to reconcile this? <laughs> let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. Let's start with acknowledging that there's nothing to say about the Eagles. They're the best team in the NFC. They have the best the roster the right there. It's theirs right now. What's funny is I think some people would have the debate of San Francisco and the Eagles for one. And I don't, I'm not willing to have that debate. I think that the Eagles have a better roster. And, and I think for as exciting as Brock Purdy was last year, we don't know, dude. We don't know. They have a complete wild card at quarterback. Now, what we do know is that Kyle Shanahan just kind of figures it out at quarterback. Right. But it's a bit of a, a roll of the dice with a, a guy with a small sample size with limited physicals, physical tools coming off of a significant elbow injury. So I don't know what that, that looks like. That's another part of the reason why, for me, San Francisco is three. Never mind two. I, I don't hate it. And I, I that's what I was kind of getting to is like, I appreciate the debate of Dallas versus San Francisco more than I do the San Francisco versus Philadelphia, at least right now. Right now. Right now, if, if, if Brock Purdy comes out and the first three weeks of the season, if Brock Purdy comes out and plays extremely well against Pittsburgh's defense in Pittsburgh in week one. Man, that's a fun week one game. Correct. And Nick Bosa is back on on the active roster and dressing on game day. We're going to do this NFC Power Rankings next week. And I'm really going to have a hard time sitting here justifying San Francisco behind Dallas. But based off the information that we have right now, with a question mark for exactly what Brock Purdy is and no Nick Bosa, that's why I have Dallas at two. Spoiler alert. On Thursday, we're going to make some picks. And for week one, and I'm already thinking about that TJ Watt, Colton McKivich battle. And that's not a good one for San Francisco. Right. Oh, by the way, Cam Hayward. I was going to say, neither is the entire interior offensive line versus Cam Hayward. (laughs) Now, now Trent Williams versus Alex Highsmith. Okay, that's cool. We like that. But man. Yeah, it's a tall tall task. Yeah. Okay, so we I, I, I see your side of the argument there. We both have Seattle at four. Yes. And it's a team, I, I keep saying this, the more I've studied Seattle, the more I've liked them. I just kind of like what they have. Weapons, think, young offensive line, 
secondary is really kind of coming together. I'm concerned about their front a little bit, but they got young, some young athletic guys there as well. So the, the, the mystery, right, is what, what's the sustainability of the performance that you saw so much last year from Geno Smith? Right. You feel like he's got the stuff around him to sustain it, though. I, I would be inclined to agree with you, but I think that's probably, if you're going to talk about the question for Seattle and yeah. why some people might fade them, I like the secondary. I like that they brought back Bobby Wagner. Yeah, it's nice. I like the guys. They, they get these big, dense, physical guys on the edge. You got really promising bookend of second-year tackles to go with big-bodied physical guys that can lean on you in the run game with all these big backs that they have, The obviously the trio of wide receivers. For me, it's if, if you're looking at the question, it is Geno Smith. I'm not going to fade Geno Smith. I'm going to write him back. And because of that, they're sitting four for me, and I know you feel the same way. Then you have the – this is where it's going to get interesting because I have a different team. You have the, the Saints at five. I have the Giants at five. Yeah. Uh, this, this next ten teams is going to be a mess. Yeah, let's let's deal with it. Let's deal with all of it here in just a moment. But first, let's tell you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, they make you look good. These, This company, Bird Dogs, they make shorts, they make joggers, and they make the best in the business. Folks, I don't wear jeans. I don't, I don't think Kyle does either. We're not into khakis or dress pants. No. We're joggers and shorts. And so Bird Dogs is our go-to for those products. They have these stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the, and the leg. They give you that sculpted look. And everybody hypes about Lululemon. Well, Bird Dogs do the exact same thing, but actually way better. They fit way better than any regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton because Bird Dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. And they also have the anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which I'm counting on. I got my Bird Dogs on right now. After I record this podcast, I'm heading to the golf course. It's supposed to be in the 90s here in Charlotte. Got the bird dogs on to make it so that I'm not like sitting there with just uh, sweat pouring off my legs. You know what I mean? They're going to keep me cool and dry out on the golf course. And they're very versatile. You want to wear them on the golf course, date night, around the house, at the pool. They work for any occasion. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL or enter promo code lockdown NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So Giants and Saints, respectively, are at five for mm-hmm. you and I. So it turns out you were right. Uh, the first four teams stacking. Same four teams. Just a little bit of discourse. Sell me on the Giants at five. Okay, so I have this group. And I, I kind of have, in order to tell you why I have the Giants at five, I need to tell you who I have at six and seven. So at six, I have the Lions, and at seven, I have the Saints. All right, I kind of looked at these three teams, the Giants, Lions, and Saints through a, through a pretty similar lens. And what gave me a lean towards the Giants is, well, first of all, they were the playoff team of all of them last year. Um, and I just – I like what they have from a coaching perspective. I like what Detroit has as well, but I think New Orleans, for as good as that talent is, right, I'm not – it's not an amazing talent. They have good talent. Mm-hmm. Um, new quarterback – and their entire coaching situation is a wild card to me. And that puts the Lions and the Giants ahead of them for me with, of course, the Giants being a playoff team that I think has added enough. I, I still have questions about the offensive line. I wish they had a little bit more depth to their edge rush. We'll see how the secondary unfolds. I like Wink, obviously, running it. Pass catchers, I don't know, a bunch of the oh, – 
and that's why they weren't fine. Well, you have questions about pass catchers. Let's talk about the other teams. It's just, it's the same stuff. Okay. They all have questions. It's about whose questions you're the most comfortable with. I find myself giving the benefit of the doubt to the Giants. I, I would agree. If you're going to put these those three teams in a bucket, can I ask who your eight is? Green Bay. Okay. So we have the same four teams just very jumbled up because okay. I have New Orleans at five, Green Bay at six, Detroit at seven, New York Giants at eight. So we have the same core four. Just all tossed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I for New Orleans, I put in the experiences of success of a new quarterback with the talent. I, I think on both sides of the ball, at least the top end talent at the top of the depth chart, I like New Orleans the most. I would be inclined to agree with you if you were to look at all four of those teams from a coaching perspective. New Orleans probably leaves you wanting more the most. So if you wanted to skew it off of that element that really, when you look at a death chart, is not going to be accounted for, I get it. I totally buy it. Um, but I go six through, or five through eight is New Orleans, Green Bay, Detroit, and then the New York Giants. I just, I look at the Giants roster and it's still, man, I wish you had a little bit more on the perimeter in your, your passing game. And I, I can't count on Jalen Hyatt just yet. And then I look at your offensive line. It's like, man, Evan Neal was really bad last year, and and I still have major concerns about both of your guards. And then I look over on the defensive side. It's like, man, I wish we had a little bit more linebacker. I wish we had more on the perimeter in in coverage. So I just felt like there were, of all of these rosters, the Giants were the one that I went position group by position group, and it's like, yeah, but too much and that's why i ended up putting them at eight but that's it's still higher than i would have guessed based off of i knew going into this exercise that i was going to have those questions about the position rooms that the giants have okay so i have a giants five lions six saints seven packers eight can you remind me of your five through eight saints packers lions giants the Packers are the team that could very easily be five. I'm buying. Defense I'm buying is loaded. Yep. I mean, O-line has to stay healthy. And, like, the biggest question is you have a first-year starting quarterback with, like, a bunch of, like, just a crazy young tight ends and wide receivers. As young as you'll ever find. They can lean on that running game. I, th- I think that would be helpful. But, like, can they be opportunistic enough in the passing game? I think they can. And I think that I think they have the right construction with the offensive line and the backs that like we I know we this came up when we were talking about the Jets yesterday and it came up has come up a number of times this offseason. We felt like Green Bay last year was really constructed to be a team that was most effective running the ball. I think the inexperience at wide receiver is going to allow them to really lean into that and buy into that. And I think they I think they have the potential to be the NFC version of what the Titans were for the last couple of years, maybe not a 12 win team, but a team that's like, you got to prep to play them very differently than the vast majority of teams yeah. that you're going to play. I think that's a great parallel to invoke. Um, but I think, yeah, it, I mean, Green Bay might have some more depth on defense as well than the kind of those Titans teams, which yes, I think yeah, so, which is a good thing. And probably more depth at running back as well. Um, well, obviously more depth at running back. So your top NFC North team is Detroit. Yeah. How good do you feel about it? Not because my mine's Green Bay and then I have Detroit right right behind. Yeah, I, I think I like Detroit. 
I think they have a lot to prove. I mean, their skill players, there's a lot of questions at tight end receiver for me. I mean, I like Amon Ross St. Brown, but what, what else do we have at receiver? Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones? Come on, man. Let's be real. That's not good. Rookie tight end, rookie lead running back with David Montgomery, who I'm not that high on. I like the O-line. I like the offensive coordinator. But I think there's enough questions about those receivers and tight ends and running backs for me to be like, man, I don't know. And plus, they still have a lot of a lot on defense that has to come together. I still don't love their interior defensive line. I like their edge rushers. Some pieces in the secondary that has to come together. I mean, there's enough questions here. I have them at six, so I, I like them. But there's enough that's like, man, I don't know. I, I can see Green Bay winning the division. Yeah. I think you you could tell me that the team that I have at five finishes worse than with a worse record than the team that I have at 10. And I probably would not be surprised. Right. You know, that's, that's how closely bunched. I think a lot of these teams are. So nine and 10, I have Minnesota at nine, Atlanta at 10. I also have Minnesota at nine and Atlanta at 10. That's Minnesota offensively. That's really what elevates it, right? Kirk cousins, high floor quarterback. He's got weapons. He's got an O line. Yep. And you're two of the system with Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, that's good. Defensively, Brian Flores takes over a disaster. Their corner room. Yeah. It's tough. I know we keep beating the, the dead horse here, but yeah. And who they, they, they got Daniel Hunter up front. Who their dudes up front besides that? Harrison Phillips. Crisis Tonga. DJ Wanham. Patrick Jones. I mean, this is this is keeping teams up tonight. Marcus Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about Brian SMO on the second level. Young player that I enjoyed out of Oklahoma. But man, like. Do you think the okay? Here's a variable. Do you think the climate of that division helps Minnesota when you consider Jordan Love, first and second year pass catchers in Green Bay, whatever corpses Detroit's going to run out on the perimeter, the wide yeah, receiver? It's helpful. So I think that's why I, I I am lower on Minnesota because of the defensive side of the ball and the running game than having them ranked ninth. But because of the divisional games that they're going to play, I end up having them like, I would not be surprised if it's an eight or nine win team and they do sneak in with a wild card. Sure. Oh, I totally. think that, that's perfectly in the realm of, of possibilities. What's your prevailing thought with Atlanta? Just a lot of youth that has to come together. Uh, I think they've got youth in some key spots on defense, uh, notably on the second level. I know they they went out and they got some vets to play up front. How much do those guys have left in the tank? I think that's maybe a scary thought, but then it's it's like Troy Anderson and Arnold Abicady, like can Abicady push Lorenzo Carter? Um, those guys coming together defensively, and then obviously you have – Drake London in year two and Desmond Ritter and Bijan Robinson. And what's Kyle Pitts going to look like this year after not being what you thought he was going to remotely look like when he came out of Florida and what he looked like his first season. So they're the team that I think has the most chemistry experiment question marks that has to come together. But I also have them as. Oh, the second team in this division. And I, I think they, they, their coaching staff, I would probably give a nod to over new Orleans. So if new Orleans gets banged up again this year and, and the chemistry experiment goes well, like 
I could see Atlanta winning the division over the team that I have fifth in the power rankings right yeah. now. It's it's just a mess. Offensively, this is a very fascinating dynamic because I like their O-line. I know you like their O-line as well. And I like Arthur Smith as an offensive architect. But how much does scheme and blocking allow this to really work with Desmond Ritter? Like you mentioned, young young weapons. Tal- I mean, f- talented weapons. B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Those are top 10 picks, dude. But it all coming together, is there enough depth there? Can can the scheme and the blocking be enough to allow that to really materialize as th- those players develop together? And obviously it coming together on defense. It's a, it's a, it's a high-variance team. I think that's what I'd say about Atlanta, very high-variance yeah. team. So just to confirm, six is Detroit, seven is New Orleans, eight is Green Bay, nine is Minnesota, ten is Atlanta for you. You got it. You got it. And six is Green Bay, seven is Detroit, eight is the Giants, Nine is Minnesota and 10 is Atlanta for me. All right. The bottom six coming up here in just a moment. But first, get ready for the NFL season with incredible, and I mean incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So check this out. Two great deals. The first one right now, new customers, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Mm. That's super good. This one's super good too. Plus, all customers who bet that $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Folks, you know you want to watch all the games. You don't want to sit there and be stuck with whatever the local feeds are giving to you. You got to get Sunday ticket, especially if you're a out-of-market fan, just like Kyle and I. We don't. He, Kyle doesn't live in Miami. I don't live in Buffalo, but we got to watch all the games. You got to have Sunday ticket. You get $100 off with $5 down over at FanDuel. That's all customers, not just new ones, all customers. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Draft dudes do math. That was very good, Kyle. Yep. Now, for the record, we thought this might be a little bit more chaotic. And really what we have is five through eight is the same teams just jumbled in a marginally different order thus far. And that's it. I know who you got at the bottom of your list because it's the same team I got at the bottom of my list. It's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. There's nothing. There's no suspense to get to. It's the Cardinals. Which leaves us with five teams to really get this off the rails. I don't know that it's going to happen because your 11th ranked team is the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Yep. Uh, me too. So you have as well? We also have the Bears at 11. Yes. Okay. And that would mean that your 12th team is the Carolina Panthers. go Carolina. Yep. Okay. Carolina Panthers. I didn't know the, the theme song because I don't live in Charlotte area. I don't, so. That's also not their theme song. It was like for like a first couple of years, and I never forget it. Yeah. for the Panthers. All right. Sorry. We don't have to do it. You could tell me any one of these three teams that remains comes next, and I would not be surprised. Okay. I think we're going to have the same team. Okay. You have the, at 13, you have the Rams, Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Yeah. You too? Yes, I do. Okay. At 14, you have the Tampa Tampa Bay Bay Buccaneers. Yep. And then the Washington. So we're actually more chalk on the NFC than we are on the AFC. So that would, Joe and I both have Chicago, Carolina, Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, Washington, Arizona as our bottom six in the NFC power. Yeah, I feel like the 
the Bears and the Panthers kind of stood out here. Um, Bears, I, I, I like the reinforcements they have on offense. Concerned about that D-line, for sure. Uh, I like what they have going in the back seven. And Matt Eberflus is a defensive-minded coach. I mean, they're going to they're be one of those teams that are going to challenge you in some unique ways offensively with Justin Fields and the dual-threat nature of what he offers. But him having DJ Moore, I think, is going to be really cool. And you saw this preseason kind of what that yards-after-catch dynamic can, mm-hmm. can mean. <laughs> Uh, for for fields with you know and how, what that opens up for everyone else. So I, I'm I'm intrigued there, and I think they stand out to me above this bottom six group, if that makes sense. Yes, I think there's a a tier of teams that have young talent that are ascending. I think you have the Rams as a team with far and away the best coaching staff of anybody down here, right? With McVay and Raheem Morris, you feel like both sides of the ball are going to be well taken care of. It's just they have flushed the entire system and there's nowhere to go from up from a talent acquisition perspective because just how many first and second year players are on this roster, right? Oh, by the way, Cooper Cup's dealing with a hamstring issue. So um, then you get to Tampa Bay, who is a, in our opinion, poorly coached team with major issues on the offense side of the football. I still think they have some talent on defense. So they could be a tough out in that regard. And then you have Washington as a team that, I don't know, it feels like there's just a glass ceiling over that what, the, what they've been able to assemble and the offensive line has experienced a major turnover this offseason. They lost Andrew Wiley. Uh, Andrew Norwell's cut, and what do you have stepping into those spots? So, concerns there defensively. First two picks were Forbes and Quan Martin. Uh, I like the defensive core of front seven players that they have, but they flushed out the linebackers and don't love the the cornerback situation. And then Arizona obviously is just. Here's the, here's how you quantify Arizona. We did the roster evaluation project for Locked On NFL Scouting, where we watched all the players on all the teams and gave them grades. Arizona has less than half of the points of the next worst team in the NFL. That's how bad Arizona's situation is right now. I kind of think that's where they want to be, though. It is. So, like... Okay, you're you're going about you you have good process for building from the ground up. But they just don't have a lot to work with. Right. Um I really the Rams were a team that was interesting to me in this this bucket where I feel like they get the benefit of the doubt over Tampa, Washington and Arizona for me because of Sean McVay. Like I thought that was a big separator really within this entire bucket of, of teams where like Sean McVay is a very good coach. Um, now he needs players. There's no question, but I thought their combination of McVay with Matthew Stafford, please stay healthy. Some level of weapons, right? Especially if cup is healthy. I'm not expecting much from the defense, but they do have Aaron Donald. So I feel like there was enough there for me to be like, okay, I don't think this is going to be like a an, an awful team, but 
I don't know. I'm probably expecting like five to eight wins out of them. Kind of that range. So here's, I think here's how you can quantify Los Angeles and you understand that again, this is, this is part of their process. They have to clear themselves out of the super aggressive nature that they had for a five, six, seven year window. They want a super bowl out of it. This is a part of the natural life cycle, but the buckets that we put players in for uh, teams is roster cornerstone, quality starter, adequate starter, and then you're into depth, replacement level, rookies, incomplete evaluation, so on and so forth. How many adequate starter, quality starter, cornerstone players do the Los Angeles Rams have on their roster? Six or seven. Okay, so it's better than better than that. It's 11. Hmm. So 11 out of 53. How many rookies do they have on their roster? 20. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 with Oshawan Mathis on IR. It's a ton. So you have more more rookies by significant amount than you do adequate starters, quality starters, and cornerstones combined. It's tough, man. That's tough. Now, some of this is going to come together. Some of these guys are going to pop. Guy like Michael Hoyt. He's an incomplete evaluation for us right now because it's a small sample size. I think he can play. I think he thought he showed some really nice flashes last year, but he's got to solidify himself and, and prove it for a season. And you know that will be for Los Angeles. Okay, we have a nucleus of first, second, and third year guys that are on rookie contracts that were day three picks, UDFAs, kind of the whole bucket. That's really going to clear a lot of your cap pretty quickly. So I think then then you can kind of strategize, okay, how do we want to invest around these players? But for this year, for here and now, what do you have to work with? Is about as lean of a defensive depth chart as you're going to find in the NFL. And that includes Aaron Donald. Anything else? Well, I mean, the I'm just excited that all the speculation is going to be over soon enough, right? I mean... We've we've very thoroughly prepared for this season with how we've examined these rosters and studied them and watched tape. And I feel really good that we were able to stack these up, but it's gonna be the the fluid nature of it on a weekly basis that's gonna be fun to revisit these conversations and see what reality brings. Right. Right. And hey, we're both gonna get to watch the one o'clock slate with our undivided attention. So yeah. we'll have a really good pulse on what happens. Have you have you we'll talk about that on Thursday, but have you planned out your NFL weekend? Not yet. I got to figure out my one o'clock. I know what I'm doing at 425, and I know what I'm doing at 8 o'clock, and I know what I'm doing on Sunday night, and I know what I'm doing on Thursday night. Dolphins and Chargers is the best game at 425, right? That's that's the primary focus. I'm Uh, pretty sure. I could actually tell you the full – I have the full schedule up. That's also going to have the most interest to me as well. Raiders and Broncos play at 425. Yeah, that won't be an option. Keep moving. Eagles and Patriots? No. Rams and Seahawks? No. Packers and Bears, maybe, but not. That's not more interesting to me. Than and then Dolphins and Chargers. Yeah, it's Dolphins and Chargers. Well, Sunday night football is one. Football. Okay, Cowboys Giants, and then obviously Bills Jets Monday night football. The one, the, the one o'clock is going to be the the real decision to make because I got a feeling my wife's going to want to watch the Panthers. You're going to the Falcons. You, okay, so you can get a second TV, right? Like. What's the what's the game everyone's going to want to watch at one? I would guess it's either San Francisco, Pittsburgh, or Cincinnati, Cleveland. God, and I'm going to watch Panthers, Falcons. That I no, you're not. We're going to have to make some make headphones some, and a laptop. Yeah, we'll figure it out. 
figure it out. <laughs> you got the quad right. box now on uh, on uh, YouTube That's TV, right. so we might That's be using right. that. Well, we appreciate you guys checking out the NFC Power Rankings. This is uh, going to be something we are fluid with and update throughout the course of the season, so we're looking forward to that. We look forward to seeing you all back again here soon. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Mario. We're locked on NFL Scouting. You can find our show on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day.